Welcome, everybody, to the What We Watch podcast. I'm JC, and I'm here with my good friend, Matthew Wozbinski. Um, Woz, how you doing, sir? I'm doing pretty good. I am. It's actually starting to get warm outside, and so not that that matters because <laughs> I just sit inside absolutely all day. But yeah, it looks nice through the I window. I hear that it's nice, you know. Um, but so here with what we watched, we yeah. talk about movies, TV shows, just pop culture things that we're watching that we think other people should be watching or maybe shouldn't be watching, um, and just different things going on in the world, pop culture wise and nerd culture and all that great stuff. Um, and we just when we just talk about it in chat, we po- check us out on Facebook at what we watched online uh, or facebook.com slash what we watched online. That's kind of our main hub or post and stuff there daily um and you can also follow us on twitter and instagram um so it was we're going to start off you like to start off every episode with you know what what have you been watching this past week what what are you what are you digging what are you putting your eyes on uh things like that uh so we're going to talk about Endgame, obviously um so i'll kind of put that on the back oh me, me too i, I just saw it in the game my second time, time last night um, so, nice. oh, so good. And then I have a third time lined up, so we're, we're, we're diving deep, but, um, just on a light note, my dad is a big comic books guy. Like he collected comic books, but just because, you know, work and just life and all that sort of stuff, he's never really like dived no. into the MCU. Um, and so he really wants the end game just because yes. it's basically a cultural event. And so over the past week, we've been kind of doing mm-hmm. the Spark Notes version of the MCU. Um, so we watched Guardians of the Galaxy. We watched Captain America Civil War. And I think we watched okay. the first Avengers movie. Um, and so just to give them a general highlight of what's going on. And then last night we watched Infinity Yeah, I would War. say that's a good... That's um, a good so it's punches. not... Yeah, so that's the thing is... And he's... Because he's seen a few mm-hmm. things. Um, I think he's seen Captain Marvel. Like, he's seen some of the later right. ones. So he's seen, like, Black Panther, Captain Marvel. Okay. I think he's seen Thor Ragnarok. Um, but he not a lot of the older, you mm. know, phase one, phase two kind of things. And so it was more just so he could kind of enjoy Endgame. And like I said, he's collected comic books as a kid and read graphic novels before. And so... You know, when I say Thor yeah. or Hulk or Captain, like he knows who those people are. And so he won't be completely lost. But um, so that was one thing that we were doing. So that was really fun just to kind of um, do a quick refresher, uh, even. And even after watching Endgame, to see almost intentional or not how many mm-hmm. little nuggets were kind of scattered throughout those movies um, was really cool to see. Um, and then the other thing that probably most of our viewers or listeners have not been watching oh, is okay. I saw Ugly Dolls in theaters. Um, I might do a review on it. When does that officially uh, come out? Is that out already? It came, yeah, yeah. So it was like last weekend was basically dead right. because no one wanted to slot after Endgame because you have all those people who, you know, didn't get their tickets two weeks in advance or wanted to see it a second time. And so. It obviously won the box mm-hmm. office again by a large margin. Like, I think it made um, like a hundred and something million dollars on its second weekend, and Ugly Dolls on its opening weekend made right. like eight million. <laughs> so, so, you know, most people are just trying to avoid mm-hmm. that week after slot. But 
it was good. Um, it was like a musical. It had um, an animated musical. So mm -hmm. very Trolls kind of a yeah. feel, if you ever saw that animated movie. Um, but it had uh, Joe Jonas. It had Kelly Clarkson. Yeah, I uh, saw It had that. Pitbull. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of the... Yeah. And so uh, went in. Uh, I actually went with my nephew. And um, he is, I want to say he's five. And so my nephew, my aunt, and me, my wife, Ashley, and then our daughter, Everly, who is 16 months, all went to go see it. And it wasn't bad. I mean, it, yeah. it's a very forgettable movie. Um, I went in expecting absolute, like, literally just cash grab. Yeah. Look at all the bright colors and the fun sounds. Uh, just to kind of throw something to throw on the TV when you want your kid right. entertained so you can go do something else. And it was okay. I mean, what's interesting is my daughter, who once again is 16 months old, so, you know, not the mm -hmm. biggest art connoisseur, loved it. Literally clapping, oh, laughing, wow. bouncing up and down, dancing. Like, we went and uh, afterwards, and uh, my aunt, who went to the movie with us, got her, um, one of the main characters, her name is Moxie, mm -hmm. the character played by Kelly Clark or voiced by Kelly Clarkson, and got her a Moxie doll. And that girl, for the past four days, has slept with that doll every night. Like, hug, oh, wow. cuddle, sleep with that doll. And so, I guess that yeah. the goal was achieved um because like i said she's 16 months old she can barely talk right. she cannot walk <laughs> like you know so she's not uh but she really she sat through mm -hmm. the whole movie absorbed it all and was able to recognize the character to the point where she likes the doll afterwards so from that point like and this is where i feel like sometimes reviewing mm -hmm. movies is really tough because if I were just to go as your regular film critic and watch that movie, I would say it's passable. It has a good, there's nothing offensive about it. Like in the, like mm -hmm. it's ruining film, but it's relatively forgettable. It feels very rushed. Like they kind of, okay, well this has to happen. This has to happen. It's really predictable. What's going to happen. Like, and so from that standpoint, yeah. it's not a great movie, but then at the same time, the movie's not made for me. So, Obviously, like for a kid, the shocking twist at the end is going to be a shocking twist. While me, I'm like within the first five minutes, you kind of mm -hmm. know who the bad guy is. No, it's one of those situations. And so I kind of hate it sometimes because I feel like sometimes people give it a pass because, mm -hmm. oh, it's just a kid's movie. And so that means it's automatically, it doesn't need to try. And I feel like this movie didn't necessarily try super hard, but the songs were catchy. I couldn't okay. sing you any of the songs. Like we wouldn't want they're you not too. that level of catchy, but <laughs> they're and yeah, <laughs> and so but yeah, I think for me the bigger thing was it kind of is one of those moments where one it kind of reminds me as a film critic mm -hmm. kind of how I judge things. Yeah, because right now um, it's sitting at Rotten Tomatoes because, at thirty two percent and a four point five on IMDb. Yeah, yeah and yeah, and that's the thing is, but I'll probably end up getting it. Maybe on right. DVD, I won't spring for the Blu-ray. But because my daughter, once again, 16 mm -hmm. months old, loved it. And so, and on one hand, I'm saying, yeah, that's, I mean, that's Absolutely. who the target market is, kids. But then at the same time, like, as a critic, should I demand higher? Because I've also seen kids' movies can be really great storytelling, but still keep kids involved. And so, for me, that was kind of the bigger takeaway, was it was a passable film 
that is fine if it's on Netflix mm-hmm. and you want your kids to watch something fun. Um, if you know your kids aren't old enough to go to Endgame, and you know you have some four, five, six year olds who maybe they're not Absolutely, ready for yeah. a PG thirteen movie like Endgame, it's 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 formidable. You won't like want to like pull your hair out and like wait like mm-hmm. oh my gosh please be over, um, but it's fun. so. Um, but the, once again, the bigger topic for me was more of how I critique movies and did it do its job, even if it wasn't your mm-hmm. cup of tea. So, so that's what I saw this. Okay, time. so that, that's awesome. That's and that was something that I saw the commercials for, and I was never really like, hmm, I need to go see this or whatever. But you know, I do where I work mm-hmm. with elementary age kids and um, on a daily basis, and we watch move, a lot of movies from time to time especially when the weather is as drab as it's been cold and rainy lately sometimes like a day a week i'll put on a movie and this would definitely be something that i would like put on um and yeah sure some of like my fifth graders might not necessarily watch it according to your review but it might be something that you know Mm -hmm. the younger kids might like and get into for sure yeah and that's the thing is and like i said there was nothing terrible like because i've seen some kids movies where it's it's obvious you weren't trying right and i feel like they were at least trying it was very cookie mm-hmm. cutter like you know trying to you know plow in the good right and, you know be yourself and what makes you different is what makes you special like that sort of stuff mm-hmm. um and i think but in a way but... that is fine I, I mean like that's what i mean it's it was in a way that was fine mm-hmm. Nothing groundbreaking, nothing where I'm like, wow, I like Coco, for example. I love that movie. I will watch that movie and cry at that movie all the time. And I think it still has good messages Mm -hmm. for kids and will keep kids entertained. Well, this one, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's your basic cookie cutter thing, but not something that makes me want to like Absolutely. And I think that's even just watching the trailer for it, for Ugly Dolls, you can get what it's about. And I can tell you just by looking at it, what the message of this movie is going to be, you know, um, but that's fine for kids. That's, you don't need like in depth. Oh, did the top fall at the end? Was he in a dream? You know, for that target audience, yeah. that's perfect. You nail it right on the head. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. Um, for my, what we watched, I was going to watch and I still am going to watch the new Cobra Kai season. Cause, cause if mm-hmm. you've seen Cobra Kai on YouTube, red, or if you have YouTube TV or YouTube Premium, excuse me, or if you have YouTube TV, you can watch it. It's the YouTube original series set 30 years after the first Karate Kid, and it's following young uh, Billy Zabka, a.k.a. Joey, Joey Lawrence? Johnny Lawrence, Johnny, mm-hmm. um, and his life after all this. And the first season was phenomenal. Um, and they just released the second season at the end of April and they just announced a third season got signed on. So I, I came home after my second screening of uh, Endgame last night, I came home and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch a couple episodes, um, kind of jump into the season. And so I can talk about it tomorrow on the podcast. And it's going to be great. But then I, as I was um, in the facilities, as one might say, <laughs> I'm scrolling through Twitter and I see the clip from Saturday Night Live of Adam Sandler singing his song about Chris mm. Harley. And so I watched mm-hmm. that clip. And I'm like, oh man, before I jump into Cobra Kai, 
I'm going to watch it, this episode of Saturday Night Live that he hosted. Um, and so I watched that, and, man, it was so good. You know, and it was funny to see, like, NBC and Saturday Night Live allow him to take shots at them. You know, because his monologue, mm-hmm. he sings a song about being fired from SNL and being fired from NBC. And um, he talks, and then he finishes it off. He's like, but then I went to make $4 billion at the box office. So I guess I won. Um, <laughs> but so I just wanted to talk uh, briefly just about Adam Sandler's career as of lately. I feel like it's been taking a bit of a resurgence. A little bit. And I think that he kind of went where every single thing he did was kind of mm-hmm. the same. And then he went kind of the serious, more punch drunk yeah. love. Like, I want to... It's always rough going from comedy to, you know, serious roles because people are like kind of waiting for the yeah. punchline the entire movie. And then they're like, oh, no, he's just right. being dry. And then he went and then, Jack and Jill. Um, and that's my boy. Yep, yep, yep. Like, complete cash grab, um, even some of, like, his Netflix stuff. But then I feel like, like you said, I think he's a little bit on the upswing where people are starting to... I feel like mm-hmm. Jim Carrey's even in this. Like, I mean, obviously, Sonic movie. But, like, just in general, on that upswing mm-hmm. of people are remembering what right. they could be. And I think that... He's made his, like, I mean, that joke, like, my movie's made this much money. So we can make fun of them as much as we'd like. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, he's he's had these. And so so I look at Jack and Jill as that rock bottom point for Adam Sandler back in 2011. Yes. And even That's My Boy was a flaming pile Mm -hmm. of garbage. And then uh, he (laughs) did Hotel Transylvania, which I don't think everybody thought was going to be as big as it was, as big as it is. You know, yes. it really blew up and did awesome stuff. And it was a great story. And now they've they released number three and now they're doing a fourth one was just announced. Um, yeah. And that's, a, yeah. And I was late to the party on that. I didn't even see the first one until I saw a promo for okay. the third one. And I've only seen the first two. I I've haven't seen, seen parts the, of the third one. Yeah. One where they're on the boat. But. I was like, wow, they created the dark universe that mm-hmm. Universal was trying to do, <laughs> but like an animated form. Yeah. And so I really so then he that. started, he did Blended with, um, what's her name? Uh, Drew Barrymore, which was, which was actually, I didn't mm-hmm. see that until recently. It came out in 2014. I didn't see that until I think early this year, late last year. And I was like, oh, wow, that was really good. Mm-hmm. But then he started putting out these – he signed this deal with Netflix. I don't remember how long or how much, but it seems like he's only been putting out Netflix movies. And um, he – they've been, like, not all stellar, not all like, oh, my gosh, this is Adam Sandler back at his, his top peak form. But it's, like, consistently, like, pretty good. Like, The Cobbler was awesome. And it, that's more of a serious – yeah, it was it was all right, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Then you have this new murder mystery movie coming out with Jennifer Aniston, which looks good. Where they played, uh, he's a detective on a cruise ship or whatever on vacation with his wife, and but so his career has been growing, um, really really well, um, mm-hmm. and. 
I yeah, I, I'd love to see that. He, you know, he had his Netflix documentary um, come out, or not documentary, stand-up special, and that was super good and super funny. And it was doing all that, and like his Chris Farley song, obviously has gone like viral and truly hit like uh, so much heartstrings and stuff. So I just like to see that um, his, as somebody that growing up, he was my favorite actor as a child of Mm -hmm. the eighties and early nineties, Billy Madison, happy Gilmore. um, Yeah. Kind of daddy renaissance. All that was just Mm -hmm. like, Oh my goodness. Like, he was my favorite actor as a kid. And to see him kind of come back and blow that, blow up more and be more successful and have that re, not rebirth, but like that resurgence, that renaissance of of his career Mm -hmm. has been awesome. But yeah. And so what would you say, looking back in, in time, what's your favorite Adam Sandler movie? Ooh, so here's the deal. I like okay. Adam Sandler. I do. But I kind of, and not that they're the same, but I kind of view them him as a Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Like, when you go into a Will Ferrell movie, you yeah. kind of know what you're getting. And once again, Will Ferrell even went through that thing where it's like, everything must go. Like, kind of a little bit more on the serious side. Like, still that humor, but mm-hmm. a little bit more on the dry, just trying to be a little bit more dramatic side. But you kind of know what you're getting when you hire, when you hear that Will Ferrell's doing, and same thing mm-hmm. with Adam Sandler. So a lot of them, honestly, are kind of on par. I mean, I guess Happy Gilmore. Okay. I guess, like, know what I mean? So um, just because it's one that I've watched several mm-hmm. times, but um, yeah. So it was, and maybe part of it was like he was just maybe a year or two too old. Okay, for yeah. Me. Um. And so I was probably still like I watched a lot of his stuff after the fact. Um, and so but that would probably be my favorite, like one that I actually enjoyed would watch again mm-hmm. multiple times. Um, see, I would say and I definitely agree with that. He's and that's that's that I think that issue and that struggle for comedians and their movies is, you know, obviously movie studios are going to know what makes money. And so they're going to yeah. want you to do that continually. And it's hard to break out of that mold. And, you know, I think Will Ferrell hit that wall hard. I mean, just look, I don't know mm-hmm. how much money um, Holmes and Watson made, but that was maybe the worst movie I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> like, I almost wanted to get up and walk out, which isn't like me at all. Mm-hmm. And so, but, I, you know, hopefully Will Ferrell will find that traction again and bring it back and reinvent himself in a way that Adam Sandler has. Um, and I don't think Adam Sandler is going to be nearly as big as he was, but you know, he's, he's grinding and doing that, doing that work. Um, I think my favorite Adam Sandler movie, man, would probably be big daddy. And that, um, that is a good one. Uh, you know, a lot of that, I think just comes from to being, um, came out right around the time 1999 yeah that was the year my dad passed away and so mm-hmm. seeing that and seeing that struggle and stuff um, definitely has that connection for me and exactly it resonates more 
So that's probably, and it's just a great movie. You know, it's more of a serious role. It is. It is. Um, and that fatherhood, child years and dealing with that and like me working with five-year-olds right now, I see that moments where kids just want to whip it out and pee on stuff. <laughs> you know, and like, but you can't do that. So <laughs> I definitely see that. So all right, as we uh, continue on, so now we're going to jump in to just an overall discussion on Avengers, Avengers Endgame, the MCU, or the Infinity Saga, as it's being called right now by a lot of the interwebs and stuff. And so I want to go ahead, give all of our billions of listeners a big, <laughs> a big spoiler warning um, that we huge spoiler. I know it's been out a week, and um, but I still there's still people that haven't seen it. And I don't want them to listen to this and um, ruin the movie for you because it it's that mm-hmm. it's that important of a movie I think because it's been like so. eleven years in the making I don't want this to be ruined for anyone. I saw a clip yep. where a youth pastor ruined oh that guy was such a jerk. ruined the movie I... and was so like oh yeah this happens this and then and, uh, and like the kids just lost it I'm like oh my goodness nobody's getting saved there for a month yeah like you you've lost well in part so i mean we'll talk i'll just touch on this real quick you lost all the yeah. students at that point you can't you can't come back from that and then two what drives me nuts about that is like you you're intentionally being mm-hmm. a jerk like okay you're because what you're saying is me being funny is more important than you enjoying yeah. something and so like I am on a bunch of youth pastor ministry pages and someone posted that. And there were a bunch of people there like, I don't know why it's just a movie. I don't know why it's such a big deal. And so my response was, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to come to camp and I'm going to say, Hey guys, it's going to be a great week at camp. By the way, the green team's going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Well have a great week. And I'm like, well, I mean, the camp isn't about the games and the teams. It's about Jesus. But guess what? Those kids are going to oh, be mad. <laughs> and all of a sudden, it's going to be a huge deal to you. And so, like, it's one of those don't ruin things just because it's not yeah. your thing. Like, understand that, like, like you said, it's 11 years in the making. Some people just genuinely, you're stealing that moment from somebody. And even if it's a silly moment to you, it's a fun and, and exciting moment mm-hmm. for others. So, so biggest spoiler warning that we could possibly yeah, If you get. haven't seen it, pause this here. Go watch it. Come back in three hours <laughs> and finish the podcast. Um, all, right, all right. So, spoiler warning now. Stop. Here we go. Uh, okay. Oh, man. What, what a. Oh, boy. What a gut wrench. <laughs> One of my friends posted. Um, I'm in a, a Facebook group that's for, for movie spoilers. And we have mm-hmm. rules set, you know. But he's like, hey. This isn't a spoiler, but just I just want to know how many times did people cry? And mm-hmm. I, po- I I commented on it saying only twice, but the second time was for the last 30 minutes of the movie. <laughs> I was just tears and just welling up and everything because, man, that last battle scene. And it was yeah. so cool to see like the, the three main components of the Avengers, Thor, Captain America, and uh, Iron Man battle against 
Thanos together, yeah. which we didn't see in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. To see them battle against each other, you see Cap pick up Mjolnir, and Thor was kind of like, ooh, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> you know, and use that and battle against them and work together it was such an awesome sight. But then when Tony's vision of Cap laying on the ground with a broken shield yeah. comes yeah. true um, into fruition like that. and But then you hear Sam come through and he's like, on your left. And then you see the, the, the glowing thing that Doctor Strange does. And here mm-hmm. comes Black Panther and everybody. And it's just like, oh, man. That, yeah, oh, it was so happy. It was the ultimate fan service, but it was so. Um, in so I did a mm-hmm. um, review on this. You guys can check that out after you listen to the podcast. But one of the word that I said that described this movie best was yes. Turned. Like I felt like everything because there's so many movies <clears throat> kind of diving into. Um, I, I I can talk about Batman. Yeah, Superman, yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. And so, you know, obviously Superman mm. dies. And I felt like, okay, that's the story. Doomsday does kill Superman. But it didn't feel right. earned. Like, it felt like, okay, yeah, that's the plot. But it didn't, it had no mm-hmm. resonance to it. But to see Tony, especially, it's interesting. Because the first time I didn't cry or get mm-hmm. emotional or anything like that. And I think part of it was because I was just experiencing it all. Like, I almost wasn't even fully enjoying it because I wanted to mm-hmm. catch everything. So I wanted my, like, senses to be at 10 so then I wouldn't be so caught up in what just happened that I'm missing what's happening because it just comes at you, especially that last hour. It's just go. And the second time, kind of when I knew, like, that Iron Man, was like, that Tony was going to die and I knew, you know, just kind of how it was all going to end, seeing those moments like just I it, it was a lot more emotional the second right. time I think because I was able to appreciate mm-hmm. it and even looking back I have a friend who I'm also on like you know just a site for movies and stuff he's the biggest Iron Man fan from like day okay. one like he he hates Captain America he will argue with anyone that Captain America is a fraud and like he's like anti-team Cap. oh wow and then um he is very, very pro Iron Man. And I've always kind of been like, I get Captain America and like, he's just trying mm-hmm. to do what's right. And Tony Stark is arrogant and all that. But watching like that story arc, and I know that they had a lot of movies to work with. I think that Tony Stark is in what, 10 or 11 Something of the like movies. That, yeah. And so he's almost in 50% mm-hmm. of these movies in some way, shape or form. And to see his arc from Iron Man 1 to him doing the snap is incredible. Like, I'm getting goosebumps, like, thinking about it right now. And just, um, man, like, just, uh, like, the things that you catch the second time through. So, for example, when he discovers uh, that there's time travel and that they're able to do it, and he's sort of like, maybe I should just throw it in the lake and, Mm -hmm. you know, Forget about it. And Pepper says, but could you rest? And that whole concept of, because like in the movies, you see that where he's like, I want an armor around the world. Like that's why he works so hard. 
is because he knows this threat is coming and he knows that he almost has the res- it's like that whole you know great power great responsibility sort of thing like he knows that if he can help and doesn't then he's almost like he's at fault for it and so to see him do that and then the last thing that pepper says to him is it's okay you can rest yeah. and to see him take that last that breath she was like you're you're not gonna be able to rest if you don't exactly she's like yeah but but can you and that's the thing isn't and he couldn't because he knows it's like i said like he knows that if he could help and doesn't it would drive him insane mm-hmm. and so just to see him exhale and almost like all of that stress of the past you know however many years from basically the first avengers movie where he realized there's this bigger threat and he's doing everything within his power like whether it's signing the accords in civil war because he thinks that that'll keep the team together and they need to be mm-hmm. together to stop the eventual threat or you know building ultron or building vision like all all these things that he does is to stop thanos in that moment yeah. and so to know that he did it and that like he can rest it so it was just so good it was just so good and it's really hard to evaluate these movies um, because I said the same thing about Infinity War. Is they're almost experiences. Like, you just have to participate in them. And, I mean, we can break down the cinematography and how well choreographed fight scenes were, which was mm-hmm. all good. But it's almost just something you have to experience. Yeah. Like, you have to go to the movie theater. You have to see it and just feel everything coming to this great climax and so i loved it and it was like it has flaws obviously and like it's one of those movies where if you stop and think about it too long there's a lot of plot holes and things that could go wrong and things that don't really add up or things i would do differently but at the end of the day i think the experience of what it was was just incredible Mm -hmm. yeah and i think i think it's not just earned for like iron man like i love how you put that um, but we've earned it, you know, we've earned mm-hmm. after 11 years and 23 movies, um, we've earned this opportunity to experience this and, you know, and to forgive mm-hmm. and some of these blatant, uh, mismatches and errors, mm-hmm. you know, we can forgive that cause they've earned it. They've put exactly. through all this work. Um, but so, yeah, man, it was and I'm rewatching through the MCU right now with my wife, and we just watched mm-hmm. um, Captain America: The First Avenger and the the First mm-hmm. Avengers movie. And I'm just watching all these little things and connecting all these little dots with Infinity War. I'm like, oh, that lays into this, and this just happened mm-hmm. right here. They're over there, and I'm and I'm super excited, and it's breathing new life into those. And I'm like making her pause because in in the First Avengers or no, Captain America, when he's getting beaten up by the bully in the alley and he holds up the garbage can like a shield. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, babe, did you just see that? She's like, what? No? Because she was looking down at her phone. I'm like, okay, we got to rewind it. This is important. <laughs> and then she's like, you made me rewind it for that part and you yelled at me. <laughs> like, she ended up posting about it on Facebook. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I That's important. That. Like, yeah, it's obviously. Um, you need to see this little clip that you won't understand until a year from now. But it's so good. And it's so well put so together. Good. And 
I love that it's not just one big battle. Like I went and saw it last night with a friend who hadn't seen it yet. And he, you know, when Thanos gets his arm chopped off and then his head chopped off right away, he's like, wow, they just, they're really going to stretch out a 30 minute movie into three hours. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the first. I know. Third I was of the like, movie, well, what's going to happen? <laughs> they just kill Thanos and, but they, I, I love that they went like time heisty with it, and not just your typical superhero bad guys building up power, building to the climax. You know, you were kind of like, oh man, what's going to happen? Ugh. Yeah. Um, and so I really, I really enjoyed that much of it, um, and everything. And I, yeah, and I really liked how everyone had a moment because I that was a big argument kind of going in, right. Um, was who was going to kind of do the fatal blow. And I think that it was really cool how, especially, like you said, that main trinity. Mm-hmm. Like, so Thor was the one who killed Thanos in, like, the regular timeline. Right. Like, just comes in and, like, I aimed, I went for the head. Like, you know what I mean? No, like, hesitation, just boom. And then, so that was kind of a cool moment for him. And then you have Captain America with uh more near and like being able to lift the hammer and that whole sequence and then you have iron man actually doing the snap mm-hmm. and so no i mean and so it was one of those things where if you were a captain america fan you weren't bummed that captain america wasn't the one to like end it yeah. you know kill thanos and if you were a thor fan like he, he had his like, moments and he had his art like know what i mean and so because that was one of my worries is like I was honestly terrified that they were going to just have Captain Marvel fly in and beat the crap out of Thanos. And she was the one who was going to like set up the future. Mm -hmm. But I think that they did a really good job of, you know, laying little groundwork so that they have some wiggle room Mm -hmm. to work in the future. But then at the same time, giving those good climactic ending of their arc, or at least it feels finite. It feels like it's absolutely going like if this is the last time we see those characters, I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't feel like they're kind of hedging their bets, which made me really excited about the movie because I. I so much in the movie has been teases. Yeah, like know what I mean. They're known for the post credit scene. That that's one of the most exciting things about it. And once again, in my review, I even stated like they don't have a post credit scene in this one. And I think that that was wise because mm-hmm. so much of the post credit is okay. Here's what's coming next. Right. But they want you just to appreciate what was right. and not focus on what's coming. Cause what's coming will happen. And we'll talk about that at some point, but at the same time, like, I think that this was just such a good, like summation and final mm-hmm. chapter for all of these great, great movies kind of coming together. And yeah, and absolutely. And like, yeah, I mean, they did have that little clanging of the iron at the end, which mm-hmm. the first time mm-hmm. I stayed for. And I was like, mm-hmm. man, what? Oh, that's, I mean, that was clearly that. But then someone was like, yeah, that was like kind of an homage to the first Iron Man and Tony Stark banging away um, mm-hmm. at that. And I love that. Uh, but yeah, and there's definitely some questions. Like I had to look up. So when they were at Tony's funeral, and they're painting through the whole Avengers group and stuff. You see that kind of that kid, just that teenager, just standing by himself. Um, yeah. And then they get to like Kobe Smolders and um, Samuel Jackson and 
Captain Marvel. Do you know who that was? I, I learned it now. Yes, that I was do. a boy from I also, I was Iron saying, Man 3 that he was connected exactly. with. I also of. had to look yeah. that up, though. I was like, oh, snap, they, that's, they were connected, and he did, you know. Mm-hmm. And because, like, and yeah, some of those, some of these movies are so old. Like, I only saw Thor Dark World once, you know. And, you know, Iron mm-hmm. Man 3 I've maybe seen once or twice since it came out. Yeah. And so to have those connections and so and to bring those back, oh, my goodness. But one thing mm-hmm. I noticed last night that I didn't notice it right yet is um, Gamora. So she came back through the time loop with Thanos. Um, she must have turned into dust with Iron Man mm-hmm. snap. Yeah, there's actually, uh, I don't know, uh, for all those who don't watch them, okay. Super Carlin Brothers, they're, they're great on YouTube. They do a lot of theories, and that was one of their theories, is what, because at the end, you see um, Star-Lord looking for her, and it says and that she's she searching, searching, found. yeah. And so, the, exactly, and so there's a few options. That one, did she turn into dust, or two, is she just, mm-hmm. like, on the run? But the, because I feel like she has to be somewhere, because maybe that's even what Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is about is like their search for Gamora. I see. That's, I definitely think and that's then, where it's going to go. Yes. And so I feel like she has to be in play, but then the logical, and once again, maybe this is just something that once, what, like I said, if you take a couple minutes and think about it, some mm-hmm. of the things don't add up. So, because Iron Man technically has never met Gamora. Right. Like, so if he so a lot of it has to do with and how, how he phrased works. it in his mind. Or like, whatever. is it like a wish? Yeah, exactly. So is it like a wish? Like, so was Thanos thinking fifty percent of the population mm-hmm. gone, and then he snaps Iron Man? Is he thinking everybody who is that's here now? Yeah, gone. Yeah. Like, like exactly. All so of Thanos' people. Wh- that's exactly all of Thanos' men. And does that include Gamora? Because Gamora came with, Turned, even though she yeah. kind of you know, switches sides, but then Iron Man never sees that. And so is it based on reality? What is? Yeah. Um, is it like being saved? Like, <laughs> Jesus now? <laughs> like, does like, does like the infinity go- like, is mm-hmm. there, you know, they even say the soul stone has like a certain wisdom to it. So like with the soul stone, know what like in her heart that she is not one of the right. minions. Like, and so there's all those questions that kind of because we don't know what happened to her. So I'm hoping that yeah, I resolve that. I'm sure she's anything... dust. That's so, my thought. Is I think she got. Which, you think she's dust? Man, that to see Quill lose for Quill to lose her twice. Yeah, yeah, that would be tough. But I, I, I think she turned and vaporized. Yeah, yeah, that's my thought. I mean, I have no evidence to back it up. Other than that, they were it was still yeah. searching and searching and searching for her. Yeah, you know that's me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious. I I am curious if one they're ever going to address it mm-hmm. or answer it or go from there. So okay, so one of the last things is so we both admit great movie, love it. You should definitely go check yes. it out. Is there anything you didn't like? Is there anything you wish that would have been different? Oh man, or that you weren't a huge fan of. Um. For no, nothing that I can really think of, because everything mm-hmm. to me really seemed to make sense and pop, and um, you know, had a purpose. Like I, you, you could yeah. say, oh, it was too long. 
I didn't think it was too long. Every, I didn't think so didn't either. Feel like three hours, which I think is a big success. I never had to go to the bathroom, um, which was, and I fit down to my large soda both times. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I never had to do any of that stuff. I, so everything, the uh, man, I guess. Which I mean, they've done this now in two movies, but like in Captain America, Tony's dad was played by one guy, and in in mm-hmm. Iron Man two, and he was played by another guy, and that same guy reprised it in all the other Avengers movies. So inconsistency there, but um, nothing that I can really think of that I was like, man, well that's kind of stupid. You know, yeah, like I loved how they ended yeah. it with Captain America and Sam mm-hmm. and all those guys, the trading of lines. Do you and... think, are you happy? Are you happy that they gave the Captain America thing to Sam instead of Bucky? Um, I, you know, I think it doesn't necessarily need to be Bucky, I think, mm-hmm. and it didn't necessarily need to be Sam because he's got the whole Falcon gimmick, but yeah. I think you still look at Bucky as a lot of people are going to be fearful of him. Because yes. of the acts of the Winter Soldier and in Civil War, you know, just how seeing how people's minds get stuck in with the media today, you see all that stuff. And so I don't think it would, he still has some to work on his image. And I think if you give mm-hmm. him the Captain America shield and stuff, it can be maybe damaging to that name. So I like yes. that with Sam. I like that. Bucky was like, "Go ahead," and kind of said, "No, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of gave the you deserve it. Yeah. You've worked this hard for everything." Mm-hmm. So I, I like yeah. that he's given it to him. Um, mm-hmm. What about you? Anything that yeah. you didn't like? Um, it took me a while to warm up to uh, Thor. Okay, I because I think from a conceptual standpoint, I get it. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things I wasn't a huge fan of is. I mean, like, the fat suit thing. Like, I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. Because, like, you want to show, like, he literally doesn't care right. anymore. And so to go from that to the next one. And there, and because it happens so fast, it's not like all of a sudden he can be skinny Thor again. Like, it made me laugh both times. I mean, it was just a, you know, mm-hmm. storytelling thing. But when, like, he got his lightning powers right before they faced Thanos, like, yeah. how the lightning kind of, like, tied his beard oh yeah. <laughs> like, you know what i mean yeah like so he wasn't like so he was a little bit more put together but then um and maybe part of it is just because i you we saw in we saw him at such a high like you know super saiyan level in infinity war mm-hmm. and then to see him just kind of as a slob in the next one once True. again i get it um but then at the same time like i wish that there was some way but i don't know i can't answer how that by the end of the movie, he would have been kind of yeah, full on kind of what we saw in the last 20 minutes of Infinity War and right. Thor, which we were, I mean, but you could kind of and tell five still years, kind of like five years dealing with that struggle of lo- losing yeah. and missing and failing, yeah, you know, is going to yeah. have that effect on someone. And I think the issue with Thor was that they finally learned how to write him in Thor Ragnarok and how to make him a success. And we've discussed yes. Ragnarok before, where it's that I felt like they went for the comedy the comedy too hard. Mm-hmm. I love the comedy. I love that it was, they look, okay, we need to, people didn't like Dark World. People didn't like the first one as much. 
let's try this new angle. Let's make it more comedic. Taikio Wakiki or Watiti or whatever his name is um, <laughs> took it a new angle and it worked and it succeeded. I thought it could have been a little bit less funny, but yeah. it still was great. And my and I think the best Thor movie. And so I think that this was a good amount and they were still trying to, okay, we still want him to be more of a comedic character and comedy, that cold, silent, brewing, but also comedy relief type character. Um, and I think it worked in that aspect. I, I do. I, I love the fat suit. I love that. Um, Tony Stark called, referenced the big Lebowski and called yeah. him the dude and stuff and had those moments. And what got him on the yeah. ship was that there was beer on the ship. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, it definitely had its. But yeah, but yeah. So I liked. I once again, saying, I too. liked it. I get. And so, and then also with Professor Hulk, I like the mm-hmm. concept. But I once again, I just wish we saw with Captain America, we saw with Iron Man, we saw even with I would say mm-hmm. Thor, like a Thor was still rocking worlds and shooting lightning right. and you know dual wielding some hammers and all that sort of stuff but i'm trying to think besides just helping people from the building falling on them like did hulk fight yeah he ran towards it but he also we saw him run with the group with the avengers assembling which was awesome fan service that was like the only time i think they said avengers assemble in the saga um which i love the name the infinity saga bt dubs Mm -hmm. but um (laughs) Yeah, he was running with the group, but he's also his arm is just destroyed at the moment. Exactly. So like, yeah, and so and I get it because they even kind of poke fun at it that like you know he's not a big smashy guy because he has the strength to do that, but like he also has mm-hmm. smarts to not yep. do that. But I just wish, even if it was just a like thirty second, kind of like how we got with Cap fighting Thanos with both his shield and the yeah. hammer, like you know what I mean, like that sort of thing. I wish he would have gotten something like that for Hulk, where he's taken down one of the, kind of like he did in Avengers, where he takes down one of those things by yeah. himself, where even if he's, like, logically, like, you know, talking, and he's not like, Hulk mm-hmm. smash, or whatever, but he's like, he, you know, even like a wink at the audience of some kind, where he's like, you know, there's there's a time to be smart, and there's a time uh-huh. to smash, like, or yeah. something like that, and he, like, just goes and, like... And like how we have, like, a giant takes on one punching of those... that giant... Uh... Flying beast in the face, something even just a quick exactly. thing like that. Yes. Yeah, just something like that. But once again, like I feel like a lot of my things are very like nitpicky. Absolutely. I wish, but once again, kind of going back to the urn, that you even said it. Like you're much more likely to look over those things because you know that they tried and succeeded on so many levels, exactly. and so you're more likely to be so. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with Waz and I today on the What We Watched podcast. Be sure to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash what we watched online. You can uh, find all of our podcasts. Please subscribe. Give us five-star reviews wherever that you listen to them on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you do. Um, We also post daily content on our Facebook page, whether it's trailer reactions, movie reviews, uh, YouTube channels. Even just if it's a fun article that we want to share with you guys. Uh, Check us out on our Facebook page Um, for Waz and I and all of us here at What We Watch. Thank you, and uh, thanks for not changing the channel.